back to LA is our house, everybody. This is episode 137, coming at you uh, during election night here in the good old US of A. And it's kind of uh, a fitting theme here. The country has elected some change, and some change is in order. And ironically, the galaxy have done something very, very similar. Yes, both presidents still remain, but it won't be business as usual. We will be talking about the firing of Peter Vianis and his possible successor and the, uh, a new look to the front office. Uh, we're also going to be talking about everything that happened today and in media day. And uh, we'll be giving our uh, grades for the season, our report cards that are due now that the season is officially over. And here to talk to me about all that fun stuff, Blas Archicha himself, David Arona. Hey, hey. Uh, I, I was checking my headphones because um, you kept talking about change and and uh, you know elections and and people being out and where's Bobby? Bobby's not here. Is he? We did, did not Bobby vote voted Bobby out? out. Okay. No, 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 no. He did not get voted out. Um, he 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 has an absentee ballot. Maybe I don't know somewhere ah, in here. So his so um, his grades his his report card grades are gonna come in the mail later. Yeah, so at, his, at some his, point okay, we'll, so, we'll receive his. Yeah. So all the players' He's parents, fine. all the players' parents are going to yell at them uh, for Bobby's report card just yet. They have a little bit of a stay of execution, but we're here to to put their their uh, their feet to the fire. Yes. Yes. All right. Good. That's exactly um, what they're going to get. And and you did say one other thing that I do want to. Um, I I think is worth noting. Uh, you noted that. Uh, I mean, Galaxy fam. It finally happened. Vain is out. Yeah, yeah. So let's crack Woo! one. To, let's crack. I mean, you know, we, a man has lost his ability to provide for his family and his livelihood. But let's be honest, he'll 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 find something else. He'll find it. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Um, yeah. So uh, obviously, everybody has heard the news that Vice President of Soccer Operations Peter Vainus has been relieved of his duties effective immediately. So what, that what were those duties this morning. I, I, I feel I kept hearing this this uh, term. He was relieved of his duties and I thought, well what were exactly were his duties? Um, so I went through my memory banks and I was trying to figure out okay what are what what were his duties as what is it, vice president of soccer operations? Because the only thing yeah. we really saw Pete ever do was just avoid people and be on the phone. So I got to figure that now, uh, it's it, that's going to be somebody else's job. Yes. <laughs> you know what's what's funny is that after uh, not this past season, but after the 2017 season where the Galaxy posted the worst uh, record in franchise history, got the wooden spoon. Um, Peter Vianis was uh, relieved of his general general manager uh, position and then um, essentially got a promotion to vice president of soccer operations. Now, the Galaxy never officially uh, named a general manager for 2018. Think about that for a second, by the way. Um, it was assumed that Siggy Schmidt would have uh, taken that reign but did not officially have the title and uh, the front office said, yeah, you have full control of the roster. We know now that that is not true. That wasn't true. Uh, or not entirely true. And um, the funny thing is if anyone was going to be general manager this season, whether it was Siggy or somebody else, they would still be working under Pete Vianis. 
what the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this the, the the position, vice president of soccer operations, let's be honest, that's a made-up position that they made for Pete to keep his job um, and to keep some sort of control within the organization. Well, what's, what's and, funny now is that Chris Klein has now had to stick with this made-up title, and um, instead of saying that they're trying to hire a GM, they're, they're trying to hire a president of soccer operations. Right. Um, so so here's the fun part. Um, Pete Vines was still pretty much – I don't want to say he was still general manager, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah. I mean, if you're above the general manager – you have more say in what they do than pretty much they do. If you are not happy with whatever the general manager was going to do, whatever player they were going to bring in, Vianus could have easily said, yeah, we're not going to do that. I'm not signing off that. Here's... Uh, we're going to go ahead and do this instead. He still had that power. I guess. I mean, theori- Did he? th- I mean theoretically. Is that theoretically, why he was always on the phone? I, I mean, I'm sure there was no one on the other line. I mean – I think we all know that the guy is just – I mean, and here's the other thing because the, the phone thing is, is something that is is very telling, not only of his personality but the way he, I assume, does his job. Uh, earlier in the year, uh, we went to a game uh, – or maybe it was late last year because I remember – no, it had to be last year because my, my girlfriend went to the game, but uh, she didn't go to anyone this season. Uh, maybe the – Oh, no, it could no, have been the opener because no. the baby yeah, was already born. Yeah. So, no, it could have been. So, sometimes <laughs> last, last year. season. Yeah. Yeah, it was last year. And, and Pete Vianis was around StubHub, and I saw him walking, and he's on his phone or pretending to be that he, you know, on his phone because he was never actually talking. Uh, he just had it to his ears. And so I pointed <laughs> out, I'm like, oh, that's, uh, that, that, that's Peter Vianis right there. Like, he's a former player, but he's also the guy that destroy or is destroying this franchise and she's like oh yeah so see how he's on the phone right now yeah he's just avoiding people like that guy is just a coward he doesn't want to face anybody so he's just pretending to be on the phone to be you know to look busy but you know he doesn't want to deal with anybody and she just kind of laughs she's like how do you know that i'm like i know that it's written all over his face i think someone who is that unsure of himself you know because he never faced the music he never uh, went in front of fans. He knew what they were going to say. The guy is thin-skinned. He has no confidence. Um, the guy is spineless. Uh, that says a lot about your GM because it should be the exact opposite of what characteristics I just described. You should be able to take the blame for the decisions you make. You should be able to be confident in the decisions that you make. And you should be very sure about those decisions and are able to back them up. That wasn't the case. And so, yeah, that that alone, that little gesture of him pretending to be on the phone, it's it's so telling of him and the way that he did or didn't do his job. And it's just frustrating that, you know, it took this long for him to be relieved mm-hmm. of those duties. He, he's no longer uh, within the organization. Um, I mean, the, the guy was absolutely useless. Absolutely useless. Well, now he's gone. So Well, now he's gone, so, yeah. So, so now, the, Lewis, I have to ask you, are the Galaxy out of scapegoats? For the moment, 
It appears, yes. Uh, uh, obviously, Pete Vianis was a scapegoat for this season. Um, and d- despite what Chris Klein has said, is like, nope, not, you cannot just blame it on one person. Yeah, you can. Actually, we blame it on you, good sir. Um, we blame uh, everything on Chris Klein because you are the one who brought him in. You are the one who kept him on. You are responsible for overseeing everything that is beneath you as president. And um, so, yes, you are very much, and we very can well uh, blame on one person. Um, but, yeah, they are officially out of scapegoats now. There's only one left. And it's the one that we were hoping would also join Peter Vianis in the unemployment line. Uh, Chris Klein, not a surprise that he remains Galaxy president. I, I think we all knew that uh, that was going to happen. Uh, I think we said last week that more than likely it's going to be Pete Vianis is going to be fired and be held accountable for what happened. And yes, that is true. I mean, it's not that he was... Uh, wrongfully terminated or you know made to uh, to be the scapegoat when there were other people uh to blame uh a la Kurt Arnolfo, who was set up for failure pete vianas definitely deserved to be fired and definitely deserved to be out of this organization and shouldn't come anywhere near it ever again but chris klein remains president but what i think this is really essentially saying is i give up okay I, I can't do this. And he got rid of one of his cronies. Um, and rumor is that Bruce Arena is going to come in and clean up this mess the way he did back in 2009. And now, if you're going to scapegoat anybody, it could very well be Bruce Arena, who is going to take over this made-up title of president of soccer operations, uh, who will also apparently be acting as general manager. So if there is going to be a scapegoat, it probably is going to be that person. But more importantly, I think you're going to have to look at the person who continues to hide. If nothing changes, if the Galaxy continue to be this dysfunctional organization, regardless of who comes in, it still lands on Chris Klein for having bad judgment about who to put in these positions. That is essentially on him. Um, I think it was Jonathan Tannenwald this morning that tweeted out something, something along the lines of, you know, who, who fires, whose job is it to fire Chris Klein? Because he also needs to go. And so, um, a lot of people responded with the correct answer. The Dan answer is Dan Peckerman, president of uh, AEG. And you got to wonder whether or not Dan Beckerman is in the hot seat at AEG because he just had a hot fire, the uh, LA Kings head coach. So you've got a LA Kings franchise <coughs> that's not doing so hot and their front office is a mess. And you have this LA Galaxy franchise who's not doing so well and their front office is a mess. There's a trend here, guys. Yeah, Dan Beckerman is not good at his job. Um, you know, it's the, the, the thing is, is that you would think that he's in the hot seat, but it, it doesn't appear to be the case. Uh, for me personally, I mean, 
we we refer to Dan Beckerman as the shadow president of the Los Angeles Galaxy, and I think that if this changes to happen, because I think Chris Klein has pretty much waved the white flag and said, you know what, I'm not good at this. I can't do this. Yeah. He's, um, he's active. If you Bruce, listen to his his uh, press conference comments, he is actively removing himself from all soccer operations. He's basically which is saying, exactly, "I'm not going to have yes, I'm not going to have anything to do with any of the soccer decisions anymore." Which is exactly what should have been done anyway. As I mean, even okay. So when Bruce Arena takes over in 2009. Um, when did I mean Chris Klein was still president during the MLS Cup runs? Nobody was talking about Chris no. Klein. In essence, in essence, Chris Klein was the shadow president of the LA Galaxy during um, wait every, during which tenure? Uh, during the Bruce Arena tenure. No, Chris Klein was a player. Uh, no, 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 no. Then it was the when did he become president? No, in you're right. 2015. Um, no, it could it couldn't have been no, that maybe early. Maybe it was two thousand fourteen then. That's. I think he has at least one cup. Uh, two thousand fourteen. His... Then it's two thousand fourteen. Okay. Either way, I it, it, this is it was Bruce Arena's team. Everyone knew that. Everyone knew that uh, Bruce Arena was given the credit all around, and rightfully so. He put the team together. He rebuilt it. Um, his players, his lineup, his his roster, his titles. Um, and rightfully so. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think Chris Klein, this this reboot, because this is a, yet another reboot, but this I think is a reboot for Chris Klein as well. Chris Klein can very well be that, you know, do a good job without actually saying he's doing a good job. It, it'll be a, like, like a ref. The best refs are the ones you don't notice are there. If you're not talking about the refs, the refs did a good job, is what they say. If you're talking about the refs in a game, you did a bad job because there's some sort of controversy where the refs are messing up on. So if no one's talking about Chris Klein and everybody's talking about Bruce Arena, Chris Klein is doing his job. Because as president, you cannot micromanage all these little things that he was trying to do. Even if you're good at it, that's still, I mean, that's still a pretty tall task. If you're not good at it, like Chris Klein, that, I mean, you get exactly what you saw the past couple seasons. So now, I mean, your job is basically, look, I am in charge of all this. I am in charge of players and coaches and uh, our youth academy, everything involving the LA Galaxy is on me. I am responsible for all that. But my job is to delegate people to watch over certain things for me. They report back to me. It is my job to to assess if they're doing their job or not. I am going to hire a general manager. I am not going to interfere in this process of what they do. That way, everything that happens on the field, if I hire a general manager and they win the cup and we're secure for the next, you know, five years. That looks good on you, dude. You've done your job very well. Fuck that you didn't take the credit. You hired the person doing it. That's your credit. Right. If they're not doing their job, 
if I don't interfere with the GM or president of soccer operations or whatnot, and all of a sudden there's no change coming, we're still not making the playoffs, we're still buying players that are worthless and overpaying for them, hey, I didn't interfere. This is on you. Come explain what happened. Great. You're fired. That's the only thing that you need to do. You need to oversee the people that you are putting, uh, you know, to 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 watch over said department. It is not your job to micromanage every little thing about the organization. So if nobody's talking about Chris Klein, it means he's doing a good job. That's where his reboot comes in. And if Bruce Arena does take over as president of soccer operations, that means he's overseeing absolutely everything. And I'm sure Arena, who bumped heads with Chris Klein, because Bruce Arena did not want Giovanni Dos Santos, Chris Klein said, yeah, you know what? We need a Mexican on the team. And by the way, that's a direct quote from an article uh, written by Jeff Carlisle. I'm sure most of you have read that article um, and did not find it surprising. But yes, that was a quote from an, an anonymous person in there said, no, we need a Mexican player on the team. Regardless if he fits in the system or not. They don't want Steven Gerrard. Well, it doesn't matter because he's going to sell jerseys and he's a big name. And it's going to attract people and money, money, money. Can't have that anymore. And somewhere in there, Bruce Arena has to get that in writing. You cannot interfere with what I'm going to do. I, I don't. I, do you really think that? Do you really think I that think, getting it in writing is is going to protect him? Because I'm sure that, I mean, obviously some of the stuff is going to be in contracts, but this is also the organization that has denied that Kobe Jones's Jersey was retired. That yeah, wasn't writing. Nothing... It wasn't writing. There was no, a bunch no. of witnesses and people were there. <laughs> this isn't, um, that, that unfortunately is not a legal document. <laughs> um, it would not be taken to court and it wouldn't be, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a different matter. I, I see what you're saying, but it's a different matter altogether. And right now, Bruce Arena has every bargaining chip. Chris Klein has absolutely none. So Chris Klein is basically coming. Uh, he's basically on his knees. Yeah, his tail's, his tail's between his legs. I get it. So yes. let me ask you this. Is this a good move for the long-term future of the LA Galaxy to bring in Bruce Arena? Yes. I, I am... If he takes this president of soccer operations job or he takes a GM, I'm ecstatic about this. This is a guy that understands MLS, understands the players, understands what it takes to win. Not just the league, but here in the United States. Most uh, winningest uh, college coach, uh, second most winningest uh, uh, MLS coach. You know, um, he did what he did in his first tenure in uh, with the U.S. national team, taking him to the quarterfinals. He knows what it takes. He understands the American player. He understands the rules of MLS. Mm -hmm. We knew that losing Bruce was going to be very difficult for the club. It was going to be very difficult to replace him. We lost our brain trust with him, and it showed. And even if you were to replace him with someone competent, you may or may not have had the exact same results that Bruce would have had. I love the fact that he will be in control of an, of this organization because he knows exactly what it takes to win. He knows how to build a team. And I trust that judgment. 
he is going to understand that it's not just, look, let's just focus on this season and forget about it. I'm sure he's going to be focusing five years ahead. He is going to have a plan. He is going to have a philosophy. Okay. And he is going to hire the people that are in line and on board with that philosophy so that everyone is on the same page here, mm-hmm. which is extremely important. That's one of the things that was like really killing the galaxy. Like they really had no direction. They're saying, okay, well, let's forget the financial part of this. Like the soccer part of it, they were completely lost. They had no idea where to go. Coaching staff said one thing, FO said another thing, and even then they, they couldn't even agree. I mean, I, I remember hearing reports during the, the, the draft this past season that they couldn't even agree on who to pick and that Siggy had to tell P. Bayana to shut the fuck up. Right. Uh, from his from his hotel room or something, you know. So um, I think that changes under Bruce. So, yeah, I, I think this is good for the long term of the Galaxy. They actually have, or what appears, they, they would be having some sort of direction and some sort of identity. So what does this say about the youth academies? What does this say about Galaxy 2? Uh, because, as you know, Bruce loves his veterans. Bruce his loves to yep. bring in proven aged role players to come into a team and solidify it. But he has never really been one to give the kids a chance. Right. So here is uh, – so I thought about the same thing. But um, I think the word is right now is that whoever is hired is going to be both – President of Soccer Operations and GM. It's the same. Which it's is, the same job. It does. It's, it's, stop it's calling the it same one or freaking the other. job. It's the same job. Okay, but if in down the line, if down the line, it does become two different things because you also have to remember that Todd Dunavant was also being interviewed. Um, it could very well be that they could be. To uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're interviewing for the exact same position. We don't know. What uh, you don't think? Todd you don't think Donovan Donovan is um, being brought in as academy director because right now we don't have one. Uh, there's a lot of things that we don't have. Right. There's a lot of things that we need to fill, including a scouting network. Uh, we need a better scouting network, and which is one of those interesting things because under Bruce Arena, um, you know, who knows? No, no I, analytics. I, I no, he, yeah. N- no real scouting network. You know what? It's uh, a little little side note that, that you said that because you, you mentioned analytics in the last pod too, and I smiled and smirked, and I and I decided to hold my tongue mainly because Bobby started talking. But I, I think it's funny that I don't remember what episode it was on, and I want to say it was probably one of the first five, maybe the first ten episodes of LA's or House. So you're gonna have to go uh, way back into the archives. Please don't. I had They're mentioned... probably terrible. We're still terrible. What are you talking about? We're, I mean, we're still uh, okay. Better, okay, so but... so so let, let me let me Anyways, cut to the chase. But, you're gonna but... you're gonna give me a hard time because no no I I because I said because I said that you cannot use analytics to build a, or to determine who is a good soccer player or analytics in soccer doesn't work, and I stand by yes. that. I'm not saying it's not useful to to have some of this information. But I'm saying is you, what you can't do is you can't build a a good team or a championship winning team off of 
pure analytics. And some of the stuff that the elite players of the world do, you know, that stuff doesn't really show up on stat on stat on stat sheets. You can't look at you can't look at a, at, at a screen of stats and go, this guy's an elite player. No. This but guy's going to gonna bring question, us something special. He, this is going to be a game at, break, breaker. Atlanta and New York both have built winning teams, and I'm pretty sure they haven't. I mean, they, they haven't even confirmed that they have an, the, an the Atlanta Red Bulls? department. So, I think and so. Atlanta United? And Atlanta, yeah. How many, how so, many cups I mean, do they have? You're saying it, it, it doesn't matter, but they're on their way. It doesn't matter. Every, I mean, the, every, the fact Lewis, that, everyone's that on their quote, way until quote, they get there. <laughs> Touche. Um, I, I, I think for what they have right now, let's be honest, you're jealous of that team, of both of those. Right now, you are jealous of them. Because, yes, we have the most cups, but we are also way behind where the league is headed. Yeah, and, and I think it, more more than analytics, I think the scouting network is, is the bigger... Right, it is. But you also have to figure that they are intertwined. There's no way that you're going to sit there and tell me that they're not intertwined. Sure, you, you can't sure. just say no, they are. They are. But I'm. So, but I'm saying, but to to take it to a point to 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 kind of round out my point is, there are things that you can look at on paper, and then there's things that you look at on the field, and those intangible things that don't show up on on a stat sheet are the things that make or or don't make a championship team or a special player. Um. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, obviously, if, if you're focusing 100% on that, you're, I mean, no. But I am a believer in that, you know, if you understand it, obviously, I'm not going to sit there and tell you how it works and what they're trying to determine and, you know, what's the best formula because, you know, I'm not a math major and uh, I'm not about to pretend to sit here and try to explain it. I mean, that's the but whole I do premise of this that, podcast, but go but, on. But I do, but I do believe that mathematics can explain everything, even the stuff that we don't want to admit to. We're getting way off topic, but I can even—I I mean, it's funny because I, someone even argued. I remember hearing this in, I think a—I want to say economics class in 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 college that technically speaking, you can pick your life partner based on analytics and what is best suited for you. Mm -hmm. But no one's really going to do that. They're going to go with, you know, they're going to go with their gut and their feeling. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't think that, but I, I don't think point. that math, I, I don't think that math can uh, illustrate how annoyed I am with you right now. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure there's a scale we can use. <laughs> uh, but let's move on. We already got a little off topic <clears throat> there. Um, no, I, I think uh, as far as the, the youth academies are concerned, I think obviously Bruce Arena has to – he was really being coach as well where he's like, yeah, I need to you know watch over both. I think with him not being the coach might be – where he, he could focus more on building the youth and providing that for the coach if need be. So, so who, are, um, he can, who are Bruce Arena's coaching candidates? You know what? That's a hell of a good question because um, I am of the well. I don't know. I, I want to say that Porter may not be at the top of the list anymore. I'm not saying that he's not a candidate. Sure, but I'm not. I I, I think if if 
especially if Chris Klein is taking himself out of this equation, out of the soccer equation, and and all the uh, decisions involved in the club alone, and not just you know everything else that comes with it, with like you know the employees and the stadium and whatnot, because he's responsible for everything. Um, if we're talking about just that, um, and Chris Klein really has very little say in this. Porter may not be at the top of the list anymore. And with a guy who now understands um, the league and the rules, you could now go after a foreign coach. Sure. Uh, Porter mean, Porter not being at the top of the list, what about Barascaloto? You think he's even on the list? For I, Bruce, I don't I, think I, he I is. Ha- you know what the thing is, is that I'm not even sure that um, – I think he might be on the list. I just may not think that he's at the top of the list. He may not be like, this is the guy that I want. Um, if the rumors are to be true, that the other team that was uh, apparently in talks with or interested in, in Escaloto was Atlanta, which would make sense. Um, I, I got to figure if it wasn't Atlanta, it probably was Columbus where he used to play or Chicago because he was linked to them two years ago. So, you know, maybe they started negotiating again. Those are the only teams that I can realistically believe were, you know, after Escaloto. Um, and if Atlanta's in the running, everyone else can pretty much just look for another coach. Uh, Atlanta's going to get their man um, if they're serious about that. Um, I don't think Stolta's at the, at the top of the list, but he might be on the radar now if he wasn't already. I, I think if he was on the radar, it's like a small little blip that's – way out uh, out there i think the top the top target was always going to be burhalter i still think the top target would be burhalter um and if, if bruce arena is to start negotiating with him you have more of a chance but i think burhalter has already made his decision but because he's still in the playoffs and in a kind of a surprise because a lot of people thought they were going to get eliminated in that opening round game um which probably why they said oh we're gonna announce a coach on that day hasn't happened yet i think he's made a decision i think he's gonna take the job and he's just waiting to uh get eliminated from the playoffs or, or know, maybe win mls cup yeah. who knows um so, I-, I think that he's waiting for that to happen and that's exactly what should happen uh that shouldn't be a distraction um he should be focused on the current job that he has right now we know what happened uh, to uh to Spain's coach right before the World Cup and then his firing a few weeks after the season started uh, in Madrid. So, um, no, I, I honestly believe he's made his decision. I honestly believe oh, that he's going to take wait, the job. I don't see why he wouldn't. Wait a minute, that guy's available? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> pass. Pass, pass, uh, pass. Okay, so, um, so you have, so, you have, yeah. you have a, if Bruce is in charge, um, and he's looking at a coach, and it's uh, let's say he let's say he convinces Burhalter uh, to to come over. Um, we always we we keep joking about how the Galaxy have a ladder. They they've they've climbed to the top of the ladder, um, and they're looking around for for new F, FO positions. Um, is it just that they look down and said, "Oh, hey Bruce, you're holding the ladder for us, so we don't fall down." Thanks a lot. Because uh, that's I what think... it feels like. It feels like it, again. Yes, I get. I I kind of. I'm of two thoughts on this. Sure, Bruce could come in and um, fix up fix a lot of the mess. Uh, but I don't think he's a long term guy. 
And I don't think that he is a guy who's going to maybe he goes aside an identity, but you have to, um, you have to remember, like, look at the state that we were in right before he left 2015, 2016. Those were not great years. Um, the, the magic, the magic mojo had, had started to wear off with, with arena. And then he goes that, to the national well, team what? and he failed and he fell in his face there too. So I, I don't, I think we should move on. I think this is, I think this is just a, a, a fallback to, you know, well, what do we know? Oh, this is this is what we know. Let's let's do that. Let's do that again. I don't Here, think it's gonna work out the same way. Okay, so so here's the here's the argument that I'm posing. If he came back as general manager coach, it's a hard no for me because I I, I wouldn't want him as coach for the exact same reasons that you said. He he came in to fix the national team. He couldn't do it. He had more than enough time. Okay, he was literally one game behind. It, you were always going to lose to Costa Rica. It was losing at home to Mexico. That's the only real place where you're saying uh, that's the three points, maybe two points that you lost. He had ample time to fix that. We're talking about the coach that has lost its luster. A coach eventually gets stale, no matter how good you are. Eventually, players stop responding. Eventually, people figure out the system. Eventually, people will you know, pass him up as far as um, the way the the game is played and the way it um, it evolves. And you don't think that's, Bruce Arena, don't think that's a case of building a team? Bruce Arena, the GM, is a completely different story. Because you're not on the field doing both jobs and you're not in there saying, okay, I need to bring in players. These players aren't responding to me. I mean, it's a, it, it's something completely different. Here's a guy that brought in Ashley Cole and Nigel DeYoung without using a DP slot. Yeah. The guy I mean, can work magic. And the I guy mean, is – I mean, and Jovan brought in Zlatan without using a DP spot. Right. But it's – it was different. You knew that Zlatan was going to get royalties through endorsements sure, and marketing sure. and everything else. That wasn't the case with Ashley Cole or Nigel DeYoung at all. Bruce Arena has made MLS bend rules for him. The guy is, is obviously a master negotiator somewhere in there. I would love that guy. I would love for that guy. This is, so um, He's to be so great a negotiator. He's so good a negotiator. He was given... Steven Gerrard, too bad you got to use him. He was given Gio DeSantos, too bad you got to use him. But, that's, I mean, that, damn, that, that that's is a great going, negotiator. Yeah, you're also forgetting the arrogance and stubbornness of Chris Klein. Because I'm sure that, I mean, and, when and, your bosses know Klein that you're, I mean, still going to be his if, boss? If you have, he is, but he's also taking himself out of the equation. If at the end of the day, which is what I'm saying, if at the end of the day nothing changes, if at the end of the day the player personnel aren't working out, if they're still spending a shit ton of money in all the wrong places, that is now Chris Klein's call. Because now it's like, okay, we'll do your job. Obviously, Bruce is not doing his, or he's not doing it well. Now we're talking about Chris Klein. Why is Bruce Arena still in that position? 
that's where it takes place. That's where he says, okay, I need to let this guy go. I need to find someone else to take over. He doesn't, I, Lewis, he doesn't have that, that card to is, play anymore. Chris Klein does not I, have that card. He get, he played it with Donolfo. He played it with Pete in the offseason. He played it with no, Siggy. No, 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 no. Hold Siggy on a second. That, but, 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 but look at the look at the people that were high. Look at the, the names that you were saying. Yes, it is on Chris Klein for putting them in there. But now he's, by firing Pete Vianis, he's basically saying, I give up. I don't, I'm going to do this correctly. I don't correctly. understand how. We have in the same, almost in the same breath, the arrogance and stubbornness of Chris Klein and also the humility and, you know, oh, you got to do your job of Chris Klein. Like, are they not the same person? They're the same person. He's going to do it again. But now he has taken a different, well, Presumably, he today, has taken today, a different. Today he did, because he knows where we are. But you don't think that the second the galaxy tastes a little bit of success, a little bit, you know, let's say it works out for six months. Let's say it works out for eight months, and the galaxy are comfortably in a playoff spot. And then next year they do they, the year after that they do the same thing over again. Here's the thing: the gal, the Chris Klein, has put himself in a position where the galaxy has has to win the 2019 MLS Cup. We've talked about this for months. Next year is MLS Cup or bust. He has to do it. And so, look how long it took him to fire Siggy. Why? Because he he because he didn't want to fire two coaches in one year. So now you have but here's the thing. If you're hiring Bruce Arena for a GM. It now falls on him. It doesn't fall on Klein anymore. If, if if Bruce Arena hires whoever, and it's his say, and Klein has absolutely no say in that in the position, and Arena hires whoever, insert name here, and they don't get into the playoffs, guess what? It's on Arena. It's not on Klein anymore. No, way, but it still is because he's still you know the guy what? that and, hired and, and him. You know what? He's still the he guy is, that put the plan in place. He is, and though a lot, and though, and, and though you're not going to get 100% um, approval, I think a majority of the people want Bruce Arena in that front office. Right, right, I because it, because it's no because gonna, it's a nostalgia pick. I think is, it's a nostalgia pick. You go like, oh yeah, I remember I those those were good pick. good years. I'm not saying that it, it can't work. I'm just saying that I don't think it's to the level of ambition that we should expect this club to to have. This is the most successful U.S. coach in history. Siggy was the, the most winningest together... coach in MLS history. Right, but Bruce Arena continued to win. Up until he took his uh, uh, the national team job once again, in which he started losing. And we even and, and we even talked about if if Siggy Schmidt did not run into Bruce Arena in the playoffs during the time he was in Seattle, Siggy might have another one or two cups under his belt. So we're not talking about Bruce Arena, the coach. We're talking about the GM. We know he has a great mind. We know he understands the league. I, I don't understand why this is a bad pick. It's not this one isn't supposed to be sexy. This one's supposed to be like 
you're the best man for the job. I think right now that's it, it's. I, I, how do I say this? I agree with this. I, I heard it back in the day. Bruce Arena went to the Galaxy with Phil Jackson went to the mm-hmm. Lakers. 100% true. 100% true. Neither organization has been the same since. Phil Jackson had a comeback for the, for the, for the Lakers to, to win another mm-hmm. title. Haven't won one since. The Galaxy are kind of under the same thing right now. If he comes back as a GM role... I'm okay with him building the team. If if I'm gonna trust, how, okay. How many titles did the Lakers win after Phil Jackson came back? Uh, two, was it two? Two, and then and then I don't one think it was three, leave. but it was and then two. when did you leave? Like immediately, immediately after. after. And how long has it been since the and and how many titles have the Lakers won since? This is Nine. what I'm talking about. What is the best pick for the long-term future of the Galaxy? See, Phil Jackson to the Lakers, that was Phil good Jackson for the short term. Was just, this is not going to – and it's going to be the same thing. If Phil Jackson is to the – This is a co- – well, you're talking about coaching. You're talking mm-hmm, about coaching. Mm-hmm. If Arena came back as a coach, it's a no for me. For all the reasons that you're saying right now, it's a no. We're not, we're not getting him as a coach. We're getting him as a front office person. We're getting him as a GM or a president or mm-hmm. whatever. Something he's never been by without being that. a coach. But it doesn't matter. He's still putting a team together. And if he's saying to him, I mean, if this is his job, if he's saying, look, I, I just can't picture Bruce Arena going in there and and really putting his, his pick of a coach in a situation where he's going to fail. I really don't. I, he he might pick a coach and say, "Look, this is what I want. This is my philosophy. Are you on board? Give me your ideas. What you know? What what are you going to bring to the team? What are your you know? What's your strategy? What's your um, you know your style? Your plan? Blah 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 blah." And then he his job is to make sure that he has all the pieces that he needs in order for that coach to be successful. The current front or the current one, but the, the, the front office of the past two, two seasons did not do that for their coach. I cannot believe that Bruce Arena is going to do the exact same thing. I can't believe that. It's going to be his pick. It's going to be on him now. No one is presumably going to interfere with his operations. He is going to be the guy that is responsible for everything now. There's no way that he's going to put the coach that he is hiring in a position to fail. He's going to say, what do you need from me? Which is what a GM is supposed to do. Coach is supposed to say, this is my system. This is my style. I want this guy. I want this guy. I want this guy. The coach is also supposed to have a say in what players is brought to the team. It's the GM's job to say, I'm going to go get him. If this is what you need, I'm going to go get him. Hold my beer. Go on and find it. Okay. Things fell through. What's the next one? which is something that this current front office didn't do. And so I cannot imagine the, that Arena is going to not give whatever coach he hires anything that he needs to succeed. But that's just me. I mean, I, I, that just doesn't really make any sense. I don't know. And I mean, there, there shouldn't be a GM out there that's saying, yeah, I'm going to fuck this guy over. Just fire him. 
if you're unhappy with what what he's doing, you fire the coach, which is what the GM, one of the responsibilities the GM has. Sure. If you are sure. not doing the job that you're supposed to be doing, I'm giving you all these pieces, dude. You said I need this guy and this guy. I gave you it. I gave it to you. Guess what? You still lost. You're fired. That's the GM's job. If he's not doing anything, that's when the president or whoever above him says, you're fired. Because you approved all this. You're not making this better. So, no, I mean, I have no problem with that. I, you're still in the mentality that he's going yeah. to be the coach, in which I agree with you. Yes, I won't want him as – I wouldn't want him as a coach. It is going to be stale. It is going to be similar to the national team. Like, dude, you're probably going to fail. You probably have a little slight bump, and then at the, in the long term, you're going to fail. But as far as the front office is concerned, you put a mind like that there, I'm all hmm. for it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm all for I'm it. I'm going to sit here reserved and see – what happens because for me i don't think like i said i don't think he's a good long-term pick but we've talked almost an hour about maybe bruce arena we don't even know for sure if it's going to be bruce arena and, <laughs> right and, this is by the way a rumor not a confirmed pick yet uh, although i gotta figure that this is their top choice i gotta figure that they're going to do everything they can to make sure this happens to be honest i don't think there's another one on the list because it's still it's still Chris Klein's decision again, to do a this. Again, a big problem. That's they, a big problem. They're on that top changes. of the ladder. They look down and they said, "Oh, Bruce, you're holding the ladder. Thank you." Hey, what are you doing? L- Luckily, that particular pick is pretty good. Yeah, we'll see. But we'll he was see. pretty good. We'll see because he was we're, pretty good in the old iteration of the league. We again. We, we, don't we don't know. know. No, no. That was a coach. That was a coach. His mind is still there. He's still going to know. He's still going to. Never mind. <laughs> He's still going it, to. Different... I understand what you're saying. Repeating it over and over again isn't going to change my mind about this. You just keep re- yeah, repeating the same thing over and over to me. It's not going to change Fair. my mind. I don't see. I don't see Bruce Arena as a good long term solution for the galaxy i might be wrong i mean in All 10 right. years we'll see when we're doing yeah. balls and beers I mean, I, 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 I'll, be in... I'll be like damn bruce arena really <laughs> fixed this team we were the first to 10 i i was wrong but until then what i mean you know for me i just have to wait and see i mean i feel like bobby i, I, I feel mean, like I'll... if bobby were here he would have balanced this out a little bit a little bit because we really did talk in circles about this but um, so. l- let's go, let's go into some stuff that actually happened. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. A bunch of players were available to the media today, uh, to talk about, you know, the, the season and, and potentially the future. Uh, Zlatan was, is obviously the big, the big one that everybody had questions for. Um, and he addressed the, the rumors of whether or not he's going to be back for the the galaxy, um, he does have a contract for next year. Uh, when asked when yeah. Chris, when uh, when asked, Chris Klein said, um, "Zlatan has a contract for 2019. It's not an option. It's a contract." Um, I believe it was Josh Guessman that asked him whether or not if they're going to make Zlatan uh, uphold that contract. 
and Chris Klein said, no, our club is about people and relationships. If he doesn't want to be here, then, you know, then we're not going to hold him to it. But it, things are looking positive. And Zlatan confirmed all that. All but that he said that he has given the Galaxy his terms and now it's up to them. But he likes it here. He wants to play here. And he said that, you know, in terms of his demands uh, on the Galaxy, he said things are looking good. Um, among those, uh, at the top of the list, a lot of people assume that he wants a raise. Um, and I'm sure there's some truth to that. I'm sure that he does want to raise. I'm sure he saw Gio's contract and said, no, <laughs> you know, excuse me, that's not right. And it isn't right. Um, but he is also a competitor. And he didn't, and he said he didn't come here to retire. <clears throat> he came here to win. He knows this organization is dysfunctional. I'm pretty sure he's going to have a say in the coach, to be perfectly honest. Well, wait a if minute, they, because we just spent an hour on how that was Bruce Arena's. Um, and it should, yeah. But he, I, I also believe that he actually had a say in things need to change and how they're done here. I think he absolutely I, looked on, at Piva Ennis and said, that one. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that, actually. But, I mean, I don't even know why he wouldn't say it to, to, to Chris Klein either. But um, I think that was a big part of it, that things need to change within the organization, that you need to do things differently because what you're doing right now is not right. And I feel that the, the firing of Pete Vianis, and apparently there's going to be more. I don't know who it would be. I mean, the only other person that you would, you know, consider here is you know, Karofsky. Um, but but he's the one who apparently landed Zlatan, so I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I feel that if both of them are positive in what's, you know, what will happen in 2019, I, it looks like Zlatan will be in a Galaxy uniform next season. Um Chris Klein has said that, you know, it's possible that a, D, uh, a DP contract is going to be available for uh, Zlatan. Now, as of right now, you don't have a DP slot available to offer him that. So the rumors are that you either buy out Gio's contract or sell him to another team. Most likely a Mexican team was going to want him. Or you trade Alessandrini to Montreal, who has shown interest in him. So a couple things there. Number one, Alessandrini also uh, during the the media day earlier today said that he's very happy in L.A. He doesn't want to go anywhere. If it was up to him, he'd stay another two or three years at least. He's perfectly happy uh, in Los Angeles with the Galaxy, mm -hmm. uh, which is music to all of our ears, by the way. Uh, so if he does somehow end up anywhere else in the world – it is not a decision that was made by Alessandrini, we have to assume. Um, then you got the Geo thing. Obviously, everybody wants Geo out. Uh, the DP contra or the DP slot to be open, uh, you know, from the uh, from Geo's departure rather than Alessandrini's. Which would make perfect sense. And Chris Klein, uh, when asked about that, about buying out Geo's contract. He said he couldn't comment on it, which 
No, what he, what I he have actually to... said was, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not going to discuss individual players. Uh, and then, but and he then was, was a but he was asked directly. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a follow up to which again he said, I'm not going to talk about individual players. And then the next question was about Zlatan, and then he talked about an individual player. So what does that tell you? If I had to take a guess, I think he's actively trying to get rid of Gio. I I think he's seriously trying to get rid of, rid of Gio now. It's not just yeah. for show or not just for. And, uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this because it sounds nice, and I'm gonna half-ass it because I don't really want that to, yeah, to happen. And that's, and that's great. I think news. he that's really great is. News. What's even better news? Yes. When asked about it, Jonathan Dos Santos said, "Well, if I have you know if if my brother goes." I'd like to stay here. Yep. I think that is probably the perfect scenario. If I'm being perfectly honest, that is the perfect scenario. I think everyone knows that. Uh, I think the, the, well, no, I think it's near perfect because if, if we can somehow keep Zlatan under his TAM contract and bring in another player to fill in that DP slot, I think that would be perfect. But, um, I don't think that that's a, a, a real possibility. I think they're going to pay Zlatan whatever the hell he wants, and he does deserve it. Um, and if that's what's going to make him happy, then, yeah, you keep that man as happy as you possibly can. Um, but, yes, that is very good news that Jonathan is saying, you know what, we're not a package deal. I'm happy here, and I'll stay here even without Geo, regardless if they bought us contract or, you know, whatnot. Um he is the better of the two. We saw down the stretch what a really big, important piece of the puzzle he is. Uh, we actually were saying that most of the season. Um, I just think it, it, it came to, uh, you know, the front uh, the last, you know, five, six games or so. But I think for what he brought to the team, um, you needed to keep that guy. Um, so, yeah based on all the information that we got today, it, it really does seem like they're headed in the right direction and that whatever it is that they are planning, it, it looks like they still have their core and it very much seems like the pieces are falling where they're supposed to be falling right now. If you're a fan with, Allison Drini staying, with Gio leaving, with Jonathan staying, with Slatan staying. With um, Ola Kamara sounding motivated. With Ola Kamara is, you know, who's, you know, he's happy here. Um, it, it really does seem like um, the pieces are falling where we want them to fall. Uh, the the offseason is going to be uh, interesting in that you still need depth in certain spots, uh, especially the forward position. And we talked about this at the, at the beginning of this year. If Zlatan or Kamara goes down, um, you, you're down to that one forward. How many times did we use Lasseter this season? Yeah, no, I think Lasseter's gone. Like, I, like, I don't see Lasseter yeah, he's, staying he's with definitely, the team. I think Efren will be that guy. Um, he's not a forward, no, though. He's a he, he's, he's an, an attacking, attacking midfielder, midfielder but, he's so, a goal, but he can score goals. And But he can score a goal. But the, the, but my my point is is that you are after Zlatan and Kamara, and we know that Zlatan is not going to travel to turf next season. 
I don't I don't see why he would, you know, go ahead and do it unless we, you know, unless it's down the stretch and we need a, a you know a playoff push or you know we're fighting for the shield or whatever. Um, I don't think you see Zlatan traveling to you know uh, any stadium that has turf. So you're down to Kamara, and if he goes down, then what? So you need depth at, at the forward position. Uh, obviously, you're not trusting Lasseter, and he's not good enough to do it. So um, you're gonna have to pick up somebody else. Um, we know that uh, the defense is gonna be really thin. We know that more than likely Cole is going to be gone. Um, we know that Michael Siani is gone. Uh, Romney and Steras, I think their contracts are. They're, oh no, I think Steras still. Are they yeah, both out so of contract? They're gonna have to re-up, they're gonna have thought, to re-up I, I thought, both of them. Um, I thought it was Romney, but not Steras. I thought Steras was still there. I know Romney's out of contract, but I thought Steras might still be there. I'm not quite sure there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if they keep Romney. Um, we got to assume that Shelvick has a two-year yeah. deal. Uh, do they get rid of him? Do they off him to somewhere else? Uh, do they uh, loan him? Do they, you know, a la Jao Pedro? Uh, yeah. Do they buy out his contract and, you know, replace him with someone does, better? Does Joao come back? Um, does jo- I, I, I don't see why he I mean, would. he's on loan. We didn't sell him. He's on loan. Yeah, I know. He's so still, he's still ours, our player. But is it, it, was he under two or three year contract? I don't know. Probably two or three. He's probably got an option here. Well, that's, they, let, might, they might just let him go. They might just let him go, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the the bigger questions seem to have been somewhat answered and somewhat positive. Uh, it's now probably the, the smaller questions. And, of course, the biggest ones still remain. You need to find out, okay, who's your GM and then who's your coach. Um, those are pretty much the two that are still remaining that are up uh, in limbo. Yeah. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see where um, where to, they go. To for General that. Bobby, I, I need to see the results on the field because in last <laughs> year's offseason, we were talking about how the Galaxy hit a home run with the pickups that they got. You know what's you know what's so funny about that is that at the end of at the beginning of the year, you and I were very optimistic about this team, and Bobby was very hesitant and very reserved. At the end of the year you and I were very negative about the direction of this team and Bobby was very, very positive. Whatever. So do you, so you think maybe, uh, maybe that's a good sign. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is the same guy who said, well, you did too. This is the same guy who said that Cole sucked his first year. So, I mean, his judgment isn't completely, (laughs) completely on point. Bobby can get, Bobby can get, lost in, in the thick of things I, I don't think but he also didn't say Cole sucked or, or sucked in his first year he just said he didn't he didn't deserve all the showering praise that you were giving him best left back in the league after three games it was six games and he ended up proving me right in 2017 um you it, <laughs> let's not revisit yeah. uh-huh. this uh, uh okay so Lewis you wanted to do player ratings um, I, do you still want to do that? We got right. to. Oh, hell yeah! All I right. still want to do that. Hit me. Um. All right. So, season's done. We got report cards coming in. We're gonna go ahead and grade uh, individual players and what they did 
this season. Um, and this is one where I actually really wish Bobby was here because I obviously uh, I wanted I mean, we can, um, we, his we opinion can save as well. It. No, no, we we okay. we'll do it tonight. Um, <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and 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 begin with that. Obviously, um, yeah. Okay, we'll just start it. Uh, let's start in the back. David Bingham. F. We failed to make the playoffs. <laughs> You're really gonna go here. You're really Next, gonna do this? F. We failed to make the playoffs. F. We failed to make the playoffs. Um, do we want? Do we need to go? Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So you don't want to talk about this. So we're just gonna go. I'm ahead kidding. And drop I'm it. kidding. Um, you want me to go first with the grades? Please. I would probably give him a C plus because we talked about uh, last year when he was San Jose's uh, goalie during the now defunct MLS recap that he was a very hot and cold keeper. And for us, he was a little bit more hot than he was cold at times, but that still wasn't good enough to make him a, a great goalie. Granted, it was a very, very sharp improvement over what we had last year, but I still think at best he was average. That's fair. I'm going to give him a little higher. I'm going to give him... A B, B minus B, somewhere around there. And the reason I say that is because look at the the back line that was in front of him. There were so many times that he was left out to dry where it just wasn't his fault. How many one-on-one situations did he have to go through? And he still saved like more than he probably should have. He had to face more shots. I think it was like 60 more shots. Than any other goalie in the entire Wasn't Orlando's league. shot at goal percentage higher. No, 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 no. Um, the I mean the, the goals that were let in were definitely higher, but as far as how many shots were taken, uh, or how many shots that he had to like you know face, it, it, Bingham was like ahead by like fifty or sixty. It was something ridiculous. That's not his fault. He has no, for the most part, he has very little control of when people shoot. There's obviously some circumstances where, yes, he can prevent it and, you know, um, get the ball before that shot is being taken. But more often than not, his defense let him just left out there to draw. Like, just in, in horrible, horrible situations. And I can go back and point to how many games that David Bingham saved us or preserved points. And I can go back to the Portland game in Portland. Um, it was a 1-1 draw. It's the game that started the nine-game winning streak. The guy stood on his head in that game. Absolutely on his head to preserve that tie. It was the one where like he came off during like the pregame warm-ups, and we thought he was going to yeah. be injured, and then he came back and had the game of his life at was that, that point. Was that the Sun Bingham game? The Chicago... Uh, no. Uh, it was wasn't Kansas that City. one. I, it was another that was, game. That was at that Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yep, that was at Kansas City. That was three games. Uh, three games ago, you had the Chicago game. Remember the game where, like, you know, there's like torrential rain and wind, and he was making saves that he definitely should not have been making to preserve that victory. That was another one. You had the game in Montreal where you were up a man, and still, you know, you needed heroics from Bingham. To get that, uh, to preserve that victory up in Montreal, 
even the game in Atlanta that we lost, that game could have been like 9-0 if not for him. I mean, there were so many games where the San Jose game, the first one, so where, you know, he made like two saves like in the closing moments to preserve that victory. There's so many times that he actually gained points so for we, us. So are we grading are we but grading these on his, like the LA Galaxy curve or are we grading these on like the overall MLS curve? No. No, no, no. I'm actually saying for what uh-huh. he did and what was what was given to him, I have to give him a B. Look what happened down the stretch when he actually had a competent defense. Okay. So it's it's I mean, you got to figure if he had that throughout the season, I'm not saying he's the best goalkeeper in the league. He's not. But if he had a competent defense, there's no way that he lets in at least half the goals that were let in. No way. And for that, I for what was given to him, I still think he did a very admirable job. And that's why I'm giving him the beat. Okay. Let's go ahead and move on. Let's go Ashley Cole. I would say Ashley Cole for me gets a A-. Because there were a few moments this year that left a lot, left a little bit to be desired. Not a lot, not a lot. Um, his age started to show, but he made up for it with his positioning, his his soccer brain. Um, there was a lot to learn from Ashley Cole this year. Um, the dude sometimes he'd be the 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 last guy on the team still running. Um. I don't think he had a perfect season, but he had a really, really good season this year. Um, ironically, I think this was his his weakest season, and I was, you know, well aboard the Ashley Cole train in, in season number one when, you know, I had to defend my actions as to why Ashley Cole, why Ashley Ashley Cole, was Cole so did not get a red card off of a throw in this year, so he gets extra points for me. This is why we got blocked. <laughs> It's just stupid comments like that. Um, I mean, did he do me, it? Because if he Ashley didn't do Cole, it, then that's fine. I'll take the criticism. But if he did it, then there's nothing. To, there's nothing to block us about. I love. I, I, I love. Did he do it? He did it. Judgment at 2016 was based on that no, one. No, no, no. It was just a love glaring that. example of some of the stuff that that we were talking okay. about. Okay. Um, all right. Um, for me, Ashley Cole is probably in that A minus, maybe even B plus range. And, and yeah, uh, I'm because still it's not his fault that he's and yeah, getting I'm old. still getting shit for the yeah. exact same grade. Go on, sorry. Uh, I, no, I'm still giving you shit for the the grade you gave him in 2016. Um, age uh, definitely played a factor. Um, not his fault, obviously. Uh, the guy uh, worked his ass off. Worked his ass off the moment he got here. Um, was very much committed to this team. Um, I mean, throughout the entire season, he probably made the most effort out of anybody, considering that he was being put in a position where he's probably running the most up and down the field at his age. Um, he was asked to do a lot. And obviously, he was going to get beat here and there. He was never the, the, the quickest guy. But, I mean, the, the guy put his heart and soul into this team. Uh, there's a reason why he won Lars Player of the Year. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think he didn't have the perfect season. Obviously, it wasn't as good as 2016 or even 2017. Um, and again, it's it's age that caught up to him. That's you know obviously it's not his fault. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm in the A minus, maybe even B plus range, and I even hesitate just to give him the B plus. So, um, yeah, I, I have uh, one of the bright spots um, of this team this year. Let's go ahead and move toward the center. Let's get a fun one here. Jorgen Shelvik. Jorgen Shelvik. Um, I mean, there was so much promise and potential. We thought that he was going to come in and, and really solidify our back line. Um, he, he was far from MLS ready. Um, Scandinavia does not give you a good, uh, it, you know, we've, we've surpassed that, uh, in terms of quality. Jorgen gets a D for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. I mean, I, I it should very well be an F. Um, simply well, because if you give, if you give the, here's an a F, that skews the rest of the the scale. So I don't think that Jorgen gets an F because there are far more right. abysmal uh, players than than Jorgen were. Was that uh, true? But I mean, once you, I mean, an F is between. 59 to 0%. So there's different levels of F. Sure, but we're not giving percentages <laughs> so, here, Lewis. We're not giving percentages here, but it falls within that range. Um, but no, I, 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 in the same way, like a D or D minus here, because here's a guy who, again, not his fault. This is the FO's fault. Highest paid defender in all of MLS. And the guy lost his starting position toward the end of the season because, yeah, I mean, he couldn't even crack it. And Dominic Kinnear was hesitant to use him. Uh, he had no choice but to use him when, you know, Pontius went down and whatnot. Um, you know, we saw moments of, you know, decent defending here and there. Uh, it doesn't help that he was partnered with Michael Ciani. Who knows if if you got a decent center back and you pair him with Shelvick, maybe he does better. Maybe he goes up to a C. Maybe he is just an average player. Um, certainly not worth a million dollars. But again, that part really isn't his fault. Um, but yeah, he didn't work out the way we all had hoped he would and what we had promised he'd be like. So yeah, he he's uh, he, he's a D for me as well um and his partner michael siani i mean i, mean, I think that's pretty obvious that's, i think that's one of the ones that, you were talking about uh from the moment that he came in uh, at the end of of last year i think we all very quickly saw what he gave and said oh this guy is not gonna work um and i remember that we got uh, a little bit of flack from that from from a couple of people saying like oh give him time he's got to learn the culture you know he doesn't speak uh, English and you know that's hard for a player to come in and, and you know he's not ready he's he hasn't played in 18 months he doesn't have an off he hasn't had any like you know sort of ramp up time and he just never got better he actually almost got worse um, yeah it almost seemed that way so you, you can do nothing more than to give this guy an F for the season yeah, I mean that's that's it's pretty obvious that the, this guy was just a waste of a roster space, waste of uh, payroll. Um, again, not his fault. He was not scouted. 
was not looked at. Um, his agent swindled our front office, which obviously is, wasn't uh, wasn't hard to do. But I mean, if I'm giving based on what he brought to the team and his performance, I mean, it's it can't be anything but an F. Uh, again, a guy who lost his starting position should have happened long before that, and then eventually didn't even make the the bench. Um, so. Yeah, uh, Michael Ciani, one of the guys that's definitely going to be gone uh, this offseason. And, you know, farewell, please uh, make sure that door hits you on the way out. Um, Dave Romney. Okay, Dave Romney. I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and I feel like you're going to agree with me here. I have to give Dave Romney an A because. He has been our our most versatile player on that back line. He has done every single thing that the uh, coach, multiple coaches, has asked of him. And in the end, he came in and he somewhat solidified that back line. Now, he he wasn't great. He wasn't stellar. He was nowhere near MLS um, all-star level. But he was very good for you know, guy who we kind of dicked around for a little while. So I, I have to give Dave an A. Agree. I agree. I, I have a lot of respect for what he did and what he brought to the team. Um, he was asked to play in every which position, um, whether that was, you know, a wing back, center back, left back, uh, right back. Um, whatever it is that you asked him to do, he did it. And, you know, he didn't, like you said, he, he wasn't going to be an MLS all-star, but toward the end, when he was given the chance and say, look, I'm a, I'm a center back. This is my best position. Yes, I can play this position or this position, but my best position is a center back. And you use him as a center back, and lo and behold, <laughs> you know, your, your, your defense got better. Um it's hard for me not to give credit to that, that the guy, you know, aside from Ashley Cole, you know, probably gave the most effort and gave the most of this team. Um, and I agree. It, it has to be an A. Absolutely has to be an A for, for Dave Romney. Um, Daniel Steris. Daniel Steris does not get as much love for me as Dave Romney did. I'm going to go ahead and give him a B, like a hard, straight down the middle B, not a B minus, not a B plus. Um, he, beginning of the season, he was pretty terrible. Um, he improved a lot, and when he and Romney were paired together, they were good. Um, maybe a little bit of that is recency bias, um, but I think that uh, John Starris came in he did his job, and uh, and he improved toward the end of the season. So for that, he earns a B. This was a tricky one for me, and you said it. It's recency bias. Um, when Steris came in, not in the final five games of the season, the guy was garbage. When he was paired up with Shelvick, they were letting – goals in left and right now it could have been that they were both weak players where they needed someone to compliment them to make them better um Steris 
had played with Romney before. So obviously they they had chemistry. They were familiar with each other, and obviously it worked out. Overall, I, I have to give him at best a C because what happens if he doesn't have Romney with him and you put him up with somebody else? Can he hold his own? And I think the answer is no. And for what we expected of him this season to to grow and to be better, I don't think that happened. I really don't. And I think last year we were saying, okay, he has potential. He can get there. He has shown signs of promise. He had some boneheaded mistakes, but it's okay. You know, he's young. He'll learn. I'm not really sure he had that much time to, I mean, you know, room to grow here when you you know you brought in Shelvick and Siani and you know he didn't really get too much pl- playing time because that was 1.7 million dollars right there but when he did come in and was paired with one of the, them too it, he didn't show that he can hold his own so I'm gonna have to go right down the middle and just say a C at best for me the right back position Rolf Felcher how do we see Rolf this year? I'm kind of somewhere between a C and a B. Um, I think that he he had a, he had a lot of struggles coming in and learning learning the uh, the league, and then he got hurt for a, a big stretch. So maybe he goes down more closer to a C because of that missing time. Um, when he came back, he was good. When he came back. He was he was pretty solid for us. Um, Offensively, he added a lot. I think that uh, it, it goes under the radar. The offensive um, cont- contribution of, of Felcher in the in the final, you know, ten games of the season. I think I think they were big. So uh, you know, I'll, I'll give him a C plus. How about that? Well, at the end, the you kind of took what I was going to say because it, it was it's it's a C plus for me. I think, for me, we saw him moving up a lot. We saw that he's able to, you know, to put in the crosses, and he's an offensive player. What what bugged me about that is that we're paying you for defense. You know, you're supposed to be a defender first, and then an attacker second. Uh, the attacking part is the cherry on top, much like Cole. I think if you took the defense away from Cole, I mean, I, I'm not sure that would work out because of that. I feel that, you know, as a defender that kind of, you know, takes away some points from me, but when he went down, you can see how sorely he was missed. And once he came back, he, I don't know. I don't know if he was just rejuvenated or he, he finally figured it out or, or whatnot, but the team functioned differently. Once he got back, and I had to take that into consideration as well. So um, it's a C plus for me. There you go. As well, I think. Uh, yeah, not really much else to say. Uh, obviously, there's other uh, people on the back line, but you know they were hardly ever used. You had a uh, Hillian Arce. We're not going to get into him. Uh, Sean Williams. Not going to get into him. So let's go ahead and move a little further up. Let's go and grade Perry Kitchen. Oof. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have yeah. to give him a D. He came in and and more D for disappointment because he came in. He had potential. We said 
the pairing between him and Jonathan was going to be the key to this Galaxy team and the connective tissue between the defense and the offense. And more often than not, Perry Kitchen was where attacks or transitions went to die. Um, he was not good. Um, I don't know if that had... I don't know if that had anything to do with the changing climate. Um, because remember, he was coming from Scotland, where it's cold. Um, and then, you know, having to play in L.A., that's a big change. Big culture change, too. Uh, granted, he is American. Um, I think that the Galaxy, you know, being as, as weak as they were through the middle, uh, didn't really give him an opportunity to excel. But he didn't. He also didn't help himself and put himself in positions where he should have been excelling. So I have to give uh, Perry Kitchen a D. For me, it's in between a D plus and a C minus because there were games where he had a good game. I think the first couple, maybe even three months of the season, he was doing fine, and we were praising about him closing the lanes and how he was the enforcer that we've all missed. Um, and uh, it seemed for a while that the pairing between him and Jonathan was fine. And then somewhere in those dog days of MLS – his form just completely dipped and we didn't see the same Perry kitchen as before. We didn't see the hustle. We didn't, uh, people were getting by him pretty easily. He wasn't closing space. Uh, it, it almost seemed like we were watching a completely different player and we're not sure. I mean, it could have been a Siggy thing. We know that he tinkered with the lineup a lot. Um, he eventually moved to a three, five, two, which I, I think kind of stopped. I think that's around the time that maybe, Perry Kitchen was um, ineffective. Uh, we know now that a lot of people have problem with Siggy Schmidt. So maybe that has something to do with it. I think his last good game was against LAFC. The the draw, I think. Uh, the 1-1 yeah. draw. Uh, I think that was his last game. Like, oh, Perry Kitchen's back. But nope, that ended up not being the case. And of course, lost his starting job once uh, Dominic Kinnear took over. Um, so for me, it's, if I'm basing it, you know, from the beginning of the season, yeah, I'm teetering around a D plus and a C minus only because he did have, um, some moments where he did well, but overall, yes, he was a disappointment for what we were expecting him. And that's why I also bring up the D plus. So you're somewhere in there, um, uh, for me, uh, either way, it's not good. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, here's to hoping that – I mean, here's another guy that I'm not sure if he's under contract or not and whether we're going to get rid of him. So um, especially I if think, Jonathan I stays. Think he can be so I think he can be salvaged as well, but um, we'll see what happens. Um, let's go ahead and go to Chris Pontius. Um, I have to give him a name. Uh, Chris Pontius – Nobody, I don't think anybody in Galaxy Land uh, got excited about Chris Pontius other than making party boy jokes. Um, but he came in and he provided the spark when we needed it. And it was unfortunately that he got injured when he did because I think that he would have helped propel us into, uh, you know, closing out and, and winning some, some of the games that we, we didn't down that stretch. 
yeah, I agree. It's an A. It's one hell of an X factor. We we sorely missed him uh, down the stretch. I mean, especially in that last game where I think if you put him in when you're down two to one, you probably have some sort of calm. Probably would have brought some sort of calm to that defense and to the team. Huge X factor, especially during the nine game um, uh, unbeaten streak where you know he scored a goal or had an assist in like seven out of those nine games. So uh, it, it was a good, um, it was a good sixth man. I mean, a sixth man, 12th man. Um, so yeah, it, it's an absolute A for me as well. Um, and the surprise factor, that's, uh, like you said, I don't think anyone really got excited for him, but um, I think he showed his worth. So yeah, it's an A. Um, let's go on to Sebastian Legette. Oh, the boy. Um, I have to give him a B plus because there was a lot of times in the middle part of the, the season where I felt like he was kind of ineffective. Um, it wasn't until that last stretch where he was quietly doing a lot of really good work. And I think we even mentioned this in the podcast where we said that Sebastian Legette had been going unnoticed, but in a good way and it wasn't until I think it was like the last two games of the season where he put himself front and center and like really started to make things happen um I'm gonna give him a B plus the guy is is that what I said B plus um the guy is our X factor I hope think so keep yeah him. uh he got called into the national team so well deserved Ugh, imagine where we'd be if he hadn't got injured yeah I know I know um, I give him a B. I want to say a solid B. I know that he had a lot of uh, leeway after coming back from injury. And yeah, like you said, he was ineffective. But once he got his footing down, um, he was a spark, provided a spark. Um, and then down the stretch, being put in that position, uh, being paired with Jonathan um, was, uh, was a stroke of a genius. I mean, considering what was the options before, uh, before that, um, and yeah, you know what? He may not have been uh, on the stat sheet scoring goals or assists, but um, yeah, he did a lot of the little things that um, open up the door for Jonathan to go in and create and um, be free uh, to go up and down. Um, so for me, he gets uh, he gets a solid B uh, for me. Uh, also, a couple guys in here that obviously uh, I don't think should. I mean, we'll probably we'll say not applicable or even incomplete. You know, you had Bahio, Husidic, who, you know, barely saw the field. Uh, Servando Carrasco, same thing. So I'm not really sure if we should give them a grade. Um, let's go with Emma Boateng. Emma. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, I wish I would have thought of it about this one before. Um, I think that Emma... <sighs> hmm... Am I going to go soft, yay, good job, teacher, or am I going to go, like, gangster's paradise, teacher, tough love? Am I going to go Mr. Carter on this? I'm going to go – I'm going to go this. Emma Boateng gets a B- minus for me. Um, he – was the he he is the little engine that can't fucking cross worth a damn because 
if the guy could shoot or cross, that would God, we were we would have been unstoppable this year. Emma was a guy who would just would run for days. He could blow past most defenders in this league. He's a small guy and somehow had like one of the top, you know, heading percentages in the on the team. Um, but God damn it, if he couldn't shoot and he couldn't put in a decent cross in the final third, and for that, that's why that's why I give him a, a lower grade. Well. We're on the same page here because my grade for him is a B minus. Uh, he's obviously a spark. He obviously uh, can stretch out the defense. Um, he's a better sub than he is a starter, but or he's he's better coming off the bench. But like you said, man, the guy can't has trouble crossing. How many open looks and one on ones did he get? And you know, <sighs> didn't finish them. It, it was so frustrating to watch uh i mean and it, and it was throughout the season I, mean, I can go back as far as that first vancouver game uh in march where he had that golden opportunity uh where he was one-on-one with the keeper i think he had it twice actually uh, so i mean it was happening all season but at the same time i understand that here's a guy who um if used correctly can be extremely effective it's not his job to score but uh, when you're at that level, you got to figure that those shots taken at that distance, you got to you got to find the back of the net there. Uh, Not all of them, Emma. For just that reason, just a few of them. Just a couple of them. Just a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, but no, for, for for that reason, I also uh, give him that B minus because I, I do like Emma and uh, I do think he he brings something to the team. Um, he's not necessarily a game changer, but he will provide a spark um, off the bench, and um, his speed is obviously uh, a huge asset. Um, but uh, I think B minus is a, is a, I believe, is a fair grade. And then, uh, and then the no brainers. Let's just go ahead and start with the no brainers. Ramon Alessandrini. Um, Ramon gets a a minus. Uh, he had a lot of trouble at the beginning of the season understanding that the team didn't revolve around him anymore, uh, as it did in the previous season. He threw quite a few temper tantrums through that first stretch, uh, but then once he started to kind of take a deep breath and and look at what his role was, he started coming through and really performing. I think he finished the season on. 12 or 13 goals 11 goals 11 one, thanks to uh to Zlatan, a penalty kick that probably yeah. triggered a uh, goal bonus in his contract um but i think that um you know kind of re reaffirming his his fan favorite status for sure yeah um it's also an a for me uh, I understand why the A minus because yeah, it, it took him a while. We were kind of uh, rough on um, Allison Drini uh, at the beginning of the season, and we, we were saying, look, he he was also coming off of injury, and you know, he got a lot of leeway because of what he did in 2017. Uh, once he did settle down, it, it did look like okay, I don't have to put this team on my shoulders. Someone else is doing that right now, and I'm on board with this. And uh, you know, I, I think. Here's another guy who bleeds blue and gold, 
and he's shown it. He said it. Um, guy ends up as a, still ends up with a third leading goal scorer when he wasn't asked to do so. So it's another weapon in that arsenal of um, in the offense that we thought was going to be a potentially five-headed, six-headed monster. He kept up his end. He still got above ten goals. Uh, it's it's hard for me to give him anything but an A. Okay. Geo. And it's and, and and I will say it's a little unfair uh, that you know we're not giving uh, grace to some of the players who didn't get on the field as much. And it probably shouldn't happen for Geo, but. What what was the well? Geo. I mean, come you on, make, come you on, make the most amount on. of money on the team. You you're gonna get a grade, even if you only yeah, one you're game. gonna get a grade. Um, I I don't remember what the final tally was, but at some point in the season, um, recently, not you know, not early, uh, Geo had only played about thirty four percent of the total available minutes, uh, that the Galaxy had to offer him. Um, this is, of course, excluding uh, games he was not available for. So this is this doesn't even count. I I don't think this counts injuries or or anything like that. Um, so in situations where he could have played the game, he only played about thirty four percent of those minutes. Um, and when he did come in onto the field, he contributed almost nothing. Um, it's a hard f for me like at at one point i have to maybe expel him from the galaxy like can i can i expel somebody for be, for being so bad if we're talking about school like why <laughs> right. why haven't we expelled this kid yet yeah uh for real i mean you know what that actually might happen who knows uh uh in the next uh couple months or so we might see him expelled but uh yeah, six million plus down the drain. Uh, an absolute bust. And you know, it wasn't all bad. Uh, you know, when it first, when he first started, you know, he was paired up with Keen, and he did fine. And then, um, you know, he was <sighs> voted Player of the Year. You know, by the you know fans. Uh, Should have went to Van Dam. But you know he he had the stats to back it up, you know uh, that season, and a lot of things were expected of him after that because apparently it was Keen that was stopping him from doing so. Uh, turned out, no, that's not the case. You actually probably needed Keen <laughs> to, to to be uh, to, to be effective, and um, an absolute bust, absolute bust. Uh, I. I I'm not gonna say it's the worst signing in Galaxy history, but it but it's up there uh, for the amount of money that was given to him, for the expectations that we had for him. It's yeah. I mean, how in the world are you? Not I, gonna I was give actually gonna ask you if this is maybe the worst DP signing in MLS history. Worse than Danielson. You have Rafa Marquez. Rafa Marquez. You have Danielson. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. Yuri, Yuri uh, I mean, Drukayev. Maybe... Uh, yeah, 
yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there's quite, there's yeah. quite a few. Uh, what's the guy that, that what's that guy the that galaxy. was on the Metro Stars? Um, shoot. Oh, um, what was that guy's name? Donna Donnie? No. Was it? Yeah, maybe. No. Was it Donna Donnie? I don't think he was a bus mm. bus though. Not like on this level. I know Danielson was Dallas, a bus right? on this yeah. level. Yeah, he was in Dallas, and then you know, and I know Rafa Marquez was a huge bust in New York. Anyway, um, sorry, I, I I got you off track. Yeah, here is um, I'm, I'm and I'm gonna stay off track a little bit. I mean, here is and you can call me prejudiced or racist or whatever. Um, so we had mentioned earlier that the front officer said that we need a Mexican on this team. Obviously, it's you're trying to sell it to a demographic, a specific demographic. Uh, and to sell to you know jerseys or t-shirts or whatnot. Um, I understand that mentality in 1.0. I understand the need to get a big name Mexican on your team in the 1.0 version. You're just starting off. You have you know um, obviously a lot of Mexicans in Los Angeles, and you wanted every single one of them. So you got Jorge Campos, you got Hermosillo, you got Hernandez. And the two attackers in uh, Hernandez and Hermosillo were busts. For Again, for what we expected of them, they were busts. And then you went away from that. By the way, no MLS Cups were won during those times. And then you bring in this unknown 20-year-old Guatemalan. And you win an MLS Cup. He led us. And I remember when he MLS. came in, like... He led us. Yeah. 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 Uh, has the, the, the record for most goals in a season. Uh, not even Zlatan was able to catch him. I mean, I'm sure if he played every single game, he, he definitely would have. But 20-year-old kid from Guatemala. Don't really think that's a hotbed for talent, right? Um, and I remember when... Ruiz was scoring what seemed like every game left and right. They said, here's a guy who was brought in and in one or two games has done more than what Hernandez and Enmorcio ever did in their entire Galaxy career. And then you didn't sign a Mexican until Gio. And you won five MLS Cups. <laughs> then you're reading Gio. No MLS Cups. I'm just saying there's a correlation between there, a type of player a 20, on the team a and Guatemalan that we can sign that Bruce is going to find. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, I mentioned it. Go on. Let's go on. Next player. I just want to throw that little tidbit out there since we we're just a little off track here, but no huge bust in a line of, uh, of bus that were meant not for on field performance, but for appealing to a certain demographic, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, Ola Kamara. Ola Kamara gets an A-plus for me. Um, not only did the guy come in and score 14 goals out of position, but he never once complained about it. He never once complained about being used incorrectly because he was. Um, the guy worked his ass off for us every single game. Yeah, um, it's an A 
uh, yeah, it, I mean, an A plus if you want to give them the plus, but uh, it, it's an A for the exact same reasons you just said. It was he didn't sign up for it to play defense. He didn't sign up to be in the midfield. He didn't sign up, uh, you know, to track back like that. And yet he still managed to score 14 goals, second most uh, on the team behind Zlatan. And like you said, the, the guy never complained. The guy put in uh, probably as much effort as Ashley Cole. And again, one of those bright spots that you're glad to have on your team. Uh, that's the guy who showed us that he'll run through a brick wall for you. No problem. And yeah, it, it's, it's, it's an obvious A for me. No, no, no question about it. And Zlatan. Um, there are no grades for what Zlatan gets. Zlatan gets a Z. Z plus, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, the guy came back from horrific knee surgery or knee injury. Uh, not only did he tear, it was revealed that uh, recently that not only did he tear his ACL, but he also detached the, um, the calf muscle. Um, from the rest of, rest of his leg, um, I mean the the injury was horrifying. Um, the he comes in. He not only did he dispatch LAFC with style, but he came in and, and scored twenty two goals on the season, second highest of any other Galaxy player, only to Ruiz. Um, the guy's a legend in his first season as a Galaxy player. He's a legend. A lot of uh, I know a lot of people are saying that you know you need to win a title uh, to be a legend. And again, I I don't think that's his fault. I I don't think it's his fault the way that the team was built and how poorly uh, the team was 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 run and. You know all the incompetence uh, that were in charge of of this team. The guy took this team on his back and single, almost single-handedly, you know, led him to, almost led him to the playoffs. Uh, according to the Galaxy, he did lead him to the playoffs. Hmm. Um, you know, came up short, and um, we knew that his soccer IQ was going to be far beyond any MLS player. We knew that he was in a completely different league and that he really had no business coming to MLS. Uh, the, the the question was how will his knee hold up? That was the gamble that you were taking. And it held up. He didn't go out with injury. He was not out for an extended period of time. Uh, was he going to you know, mess up that locker room. No. Everybody in there loved the guy. He was one of the guys. He was not just Zlatan and then everybody else. He was one of the guys. They loved him. He was, uh, I mean, for, for all purposes, uh, when it came to his teammates, he was about as down to earth as, you know, as can be per what, what the players were saying. The guy 
took the team and league seriously. He even said, I'm here to win. He has shut down any rumors of a loan. He says, I'm, I'm signing with the Galaxy. I'm concentrating on just the Galaxy. It makes no sense for me to go anywhere else. I am committed to the team I'm currently on. 22 goals. Could have easily broken Ruiz's record. Like you said, I don't even think there's a grade mm-hmm. for him. <laughs> it's, it's a Z. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to say he's legend as well. I mean, the guy, the guy broke LAFC. Come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> like that's going to go down. I, I think MLS Rewind is doing like a, you know, the 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 best moment of 2018, and I have no doubt that the his debut is going to be the moment of 2018, 100. Mm-hmm. Um. The, uh, yeah, I mean, we were all at that game. We experienced it. It was something I I can still, there's no recency bias here. It it happened so long ago, and yet I still get chills about what I saw in that game. And um, (sighs) the guy was, I'm not going to say a godsend. That was a slot (laughs) send. It was just, it, it was, um, yeah, who knows how much further we would have dipped if he wasn't on this team. And uh, again, if the pieces are falling the way we hope are falling for next season, and it is MLS Cup or bust, I'm going to trust that this guy who wants to win, who cares about this team, who wants to be in L.A., is going to once again put this team on his shoulders from the very beginning and saying, we're getting back to the promised land. I will lead you there. It's a, it's a, it's a Z plus. There you go. And, uh, I mean, I think that's it. Uh, I don't think we can give a grade to, uh, Lasseter or Jameson. Um, everybody else. So, incomplete. Everybody else gets incomplete or not applicable. Um, and there it is. That Those are your end-of-the-year report cards for the 2018 Galaxy. Obviously, there were bright, there were bright spots. And hopefully, all the, uh, you know, all the Fs are gone. All the Ds are corrected. And uh, look forward to uh, the rest of this offseason, which... Uh, well, looks to be a lot now, of fun. I'm, I'm enjoying the the playoffs until we until you know the, for now at least until December eighth when MLS Cup starts. Uh, I might cry a little bit, but I'll I'll probably be watching. I was really hoping DZ was going to make it, but uh, they didn't make it unfortunately. Um, yeah, I had a little bet. I mean, uh, that I had put in, in Vegas at a fifty to one, and I was really looking forward to a four figure payday <laughs> yeah. that didn't have. Uh, but they still had to win it, right? No. It was not they they couldn't just make MLS Cup. They had to win. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, they had to win the whole thing. And yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you had to get through some uh, some tough opponents, uh, whether that's New York in the next round or Atlanta uh, after that, and then beat the Western Conference, uh, in which you're not hosting. Chances are, uh, so you'll be out of Audi Field, 
And so it, it was still a tough a, a tough task, but they were one of the hotter teams going into the playoffs. So I don't think at fifty to one, I think I was getting the correct odds to make the uh, to make that bet. Um, but alas, the next the national team coach shows us that <laughs> pretty good tactician. Um, well, there is one other playoff thing that I wanted to talk about, Lewis. Um, and that okay. was Real Salt Lake dispatching LAFC in style, mind you, uh, with a crane kick goal by uh, Krylock. Um, was it Krylock or Rusnak? It was Krylock, right? It was Krylock. I think it was Krylock, yeah. Um, LAFC fans, what are you doing? You're showing your colors. You're showing that black and gold heart that you have. Throwing shit on the field? Throwing stuff at Nick Ramondo? MLS legend Nick Ramondo? Come on, guys. Uh, yeah, I, I I remember. I mean, LAFC was a heavy favorite to to win that game, and and you know, and what sucks is that I got to figure that if the, the Galaxy had beaten Houston with all that momentum, it would have been the Galaxy eliminating LAFC. And oh my god, things would have been watching, so much worse that night. Oh my <laughs> god. I yeah, I mean definitely um Oh god, that stadium might have burned to the ground. Which the is seats, not all that bad, but have, I mean still been the, intact. The, the 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 seats I hope would be intact cuz that's what's important. But it, here's the thing, I mean I'm watching that game and I'm watching the the, the behavior of these fans that, you know, We've seen firsthand, uh, and the nation has seen before. Uh, it's not an isolated incident. It's happened before. The return of the chant came back loud. because it was loud, and he is loud. Even made a yeah. point. Was it? It wasn't. Yep. It wasn't a section. It was the entire stadium. Uh, people who were in the stadium even said it. It's the entire stadium that's saying this. It's not one section. It's not these first-time people who apparently you know, were there, which is, I think it's kind of funny that these hardcore supporters, and I'm always there for my team, are not going to be there for the first playoff game. Come on. You're really going to sell your ticket? You're calling out of work. Right. You're calling off work. Come on. Um, you know, it, it was just, it, it was embarrassing. Uh, I mean, even I, as, as upset as I was, I mean, it, it's embarrassing because this is supposed to be like the golden child or the new one, you know, you can't, we got to keep this toy shiny, or at least until next season when the next shiny toy comes in, which is Cincinnati. And then after that, Miami, which is going to be the absolute golden shiny toy. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it was a disgrace. And I said, man, if there was any sort of like justice, they, they'd be eliminated. And then in comes a crane kick and Probably. And, and that's not even the goal that eliminated them. Probably it was an own goal. It wasn't the goal, but 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 you knew. At least for me, I knew after watching that. I go, they're done. They're done. They're not. The, the RSL will score again. Like I, I promise you, RSL. And not too long after, there was a third one that dropped. Because I was like similar to like the Zlatan goal, where you're just like, man, you're just getting broken after that. You're done. And you knew that fourth one was coming. It's, it's exactly the same thing. You had a goal like that, 
that is going to pick up RSL and that's just going to demoralize LAFC, which we knew was mentally weak. And and I I, I said it in my mind. I go, I, I, they're done. They're losing this freaking game. And of course, every you know, I'm sure every Galaxy fan watching was oh, yeah. more than happy. Did you hear? And quickly did, got did over what, their playoff loss or their lack of. Uh, did you hear what Roman Alessandrini said today about the about that? Uh, somebody asked him. He said, "You know, if if it feels better, if he feels better knowing that LAFC is also eliminated in the playoffs, and um, he kind of paused and said, yeah, uh, they're they're out too.' And then he laughed. <laughs> um, I I love you, Alessandrini. I love um, I love that man. Yeah, again, I love that, man. it 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 just goes to show just sort of how we talked about how this team." has this weird like cultish feel to them and everybody that we that we've encountered kind of always says the same things as to why LAFC and and they showed it they showed it in this game they show they showed the 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 type of things that the the team will tolerate um one of the one of the prominent members of their supporter group uh was banned after the the cooler incident and Lo and behold, who's in the capital box? The the band guy. It was really easy to figure out who it was. We didn't use any kind of crazy facial recognition software because he has his freaking Twitter handle on the back of his jersey. That's how we knew who it was. Who fucking... Who puts the Twitter handle on the back of uh, your coming jersey? Next, coming next year, though, guys, uh, at LA is their house on the back of your uh, Galaxy shirt. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so you know, I don't speak for this man. <laughs> the views of uh, the other members of this podcast are not, uh, not your own. in yeah, line with whatever. mine. Um, LAFC, suck a lemon, suck a lemon, LAFC. You can just go for the gold. Your your son isn't here. It, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good to know that my four year old. And whenever I mention LAFC, he says, suck a lemon, LAFC. So thank you, Uncle Lewis. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and I think No, we haven't. There's one I more think... thing, Lewis, and I promise okay. you this is not a sad thing. Ooh, this there's is not going to be thing. a sad thing. This is going to be a happy thing. It better not be. <laughs> I will cut you off. DDA Drogba is headed to the USL Cup Final. Uh, with Phoenix Rising, uh, they beat OCSC, so another LAFC affiliate uh, gets eliminated in the playoffs. Um, man, what a st- what a crazy turn of events that DDA Drogba, the legend, ends up in the second division of U.S. soccer, fighting for a championship at 40 years old. Crazy. Exactly. All right, now I'm done. Yep. Now you're done. You sure? Okay. No. You don't want to bring us down? Because it, 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 it turned out to be a I pretty know. good day all around. All right. Nothing you want to... Any, any okay. cuts done? You sure? Last any... chance. Nope. No, I'm good. You're good. All right. Everything's fine. We're good to go, guys. Um, yep. So uh, if you're a Galaxy fan... Um, it, it seemed to be a pretty good day. It wasn't the most perfect day, but it's a start and we'll take it. Um, 
it is going to be a fun off season. So we'll see what happens in the months to come. That wraps it up for us here in episode 137. We will see you guys next week. Bye. This is David signing off. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to LA is our house. Follow us on our website, laisourhouse.com, and sign up for our monthly newsletter for upcoming articles and special content. Follow us on our Twitter for all of the up-to-date news in our soccer world. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you in the next episode.